Welcome to another episode of Through the Web with me, your co-host Tosif. And me, the Daigo. <laughs> we were just talking about this before, <laughs> right before we started. Why do you yeah. say that? Uh, so we're talking about the pronunciations of different words and how people get very picky about certain things. And then we moved on to names and how people mispronounce names a lot. And a common one I get is Dadego, which is D-A-D-A-G-O. Um, and it's it's the worst thing when people type it in emails because it's like you're not even paying attention. <laughs> Why respond? So, um, yeah, it's, it seems to be a, a common mistake. It's not just one person that said it. So I thought I'd introduce myself <laughs> as that, as a little joke. So. No, it's, it's, uh, it's quite funny because some – what does that tell about, I guess, human psychology or how they process words, right? I think maybe yeah. just the way your name is, some people just can't process it in a way that, like in its actual way that they just default to yeah. the one. Because if it's a common mistake, then, then there must be something the way that they, I guess, uh, the way they speak in general yeah. brings up that that distinction. Yeah, maybe? like I, I guess like what they're seeing doesn't, like go Register. through the brain and come out to what they're saying. So, or like typing or whatever. So yeah, there's something interesting to be yeah, saying. Yeah, and, and I was just saying as well, before we started pressing record that I'm not that picky with, with my, like how people say with my name, like our, our especially the especially the first time around, um, uh, if, if they mess up, like it's completely fine because you know, it's, it's uh, if you're from English speaking country, my name's not uh, common. So I totally get that. But I guess where it, it, it does piss me off is when they would have seen it repeatedly across emails and then not be like, you know, it's just right there yeah. on the on the email itself. You had to type the email to get to that point yeah. and then still mess up my name. Yeah, like, exactly the same for me. Like it's it's written there. So yeah. Um, but yeah, how was your week? What's, uh, uh, it was a, a good week, busy week uh, as usual. Um, bit, a bit of health issues. I think we're just getting off the, that winter and making the season change. Um, so a bit of flu around here and there. Um, still no COVID, um, touch wood. Uh, so, so who knows, kind of like, like, hopefully it's over and want to jinx it. I want to <laughs> say, but, but it doesn't feel like a big deal anymore Yeah. as opposed to maybe two, three months ago. Yeah. Um, who knows uh, what's going to happen in the future, but, but so far it's, it's been okay. Um, I did also have an appointment for, uh, a wisdom teeth, uh, extraction, which was supposed to be today, but I moved it to tomorrow because of the podcast. So that's my dedication towards this show very nice very nice <laughs> so i'm yeah not I'm, I'm not looking forward to it to be fair yeah, it's n no one likes it but you'll feel better when it's done hopefully so, hopefully yeah. i get to recover within a few days because some people say it can take like a week or something mm. so it kind of just depends you know some people say it really hurts some people it doesn't really hurt that much at all yeah. so. I, did, I did my whole uh few days of uh, worth of shopping uh just just plain soup. mushy yeah. <laughs> soup yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff so i'm not looking forward to that either yeah. but how's your week um, actually I had a little bit of a dental thing as well. Oh, so wow. I went to the dentist yesterday because, um, so a while ago I, I snapped my tooth in half, one of these teeth. What were you doing? Long story, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was eating a pizza. So it wasn't anything like the crust and just, yeah, anyway. So that was, that was like a few years ago. So I had like a, like kind of like a replacement, uh, filling kind of thing done. And then when I was in Europe, I was uh, chewing on a lovely sp uh, Spanish sandwich and then snapped again. Oh, and oh. then I was, I was chewing and I was like are there bones in this? And I was like, oh, there's bones. And I was like, wait a second, my tooth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was terrible. So um, that it, happened. It and hurt? then No, it didn't hurt. Because oh, okay. there was a root canal done on that already. Ah. So that was fine. So I, I got that repaired yesterday so I can now eat properly. So <laughs> two, two, two just very interesting <laughs> dental stories from us. We're also somehow matching yeah, white. This, this was just weirdly like we didn't even plan this. So we're just wearing white. Uh, I think Brandon hates us wearing white, isn't it? Uh, Oh yeah, really? Yeah, really glowing. Um, but uh, especially because of the background, just all black. So, uh, but no, other than that, uh, it's been it's been an okay week. Um, anything interesting you, you watched over over the week? <clears throat> There's been quite a few things, but all that's coming to mind is the mo last recent thing I watched, um, which is on cloud seeding. I don't cloud know seeding. Yes. So it's like essentially a way to disrupt weather patterns. I've been a, seeing in a slight way. I've been yeah. seeing some news about it. <clears throat> Yeah. So yeah, uh, it was a Vox article, well not article, but video that was just kind of talking about a case study in Texas, essentially. Um, so yeah, I've been hearing about cloud seeding all the way, from, way back, but then also in the realm of conspiracy theories as well, like the, what do you call it? The uh, vapor trails, what do you call it? Chemtrails. Chemtrails, yeah, yep. that, that stuff. So um, yeah, so it was kind of interesting to <clears throat> see a little bit more of that in terms of what it was and everything. But yeah, they did mention silver iodide is the chemical that's been um, put out by the planes. And I was kind of like, is that safe? I don't, 
I don't know if it is. So um, as the video was going, I was kind of doing some Google searches and then like, yeah, there was some concerns and some articles, but mm-hmm. then the Vox thing was like cited one and said it was minimal damage. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, because like, you know, I studied engineering and everything, but my worst subject was chemistry. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, I know it's a salt. I know it's like silver's very safe, but I don't know what the iodide does to it. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to look into that further, maybe a future video. But um, so essentially the way it works is is – so the clouds um, basically are made up of like tiny little vapor droplets, mm-hmm. but uh, in certain circumstances they're just not big enough to fall with gravity and um, they're just kind of floating around up there. So they just need a little bit of help to get the precipitation going. So the silver iodide essentially acts as like a scaffolding so the drops can grow and then fall. So I guess the silver iodide is just there afterwards. Mm. So that's the question I had. I was like, what what happens? But yeah, I, I've heard about um, conspiracy theories. Or I think the first time I heard about the the fact that you know that uh, about weather manipulation was uh, in a conspiracy theory video. Yeah, like ages ago though. Yeah, I think um, they, they were saying I didn't know it was this old, but in the Vox video they were saying it was since the 1960s. Right, that it was theorized, but um, it was actually quite hard to actually get data on if it works or not. So. Now they're starting to say they've got the first data and they're saying about 15% more rain is what mm. they're, they're, they kind of are getting at. Yeah, so and I think a lot of people oppose the idea of, I guess, you know, quote unquote, playing around with mother nature and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, like you just let things happen naturally. Yeah, because well, on the one hand, like it would be great. I would, I would love nothing more than this to just be like such a simple solution and then we can actually like stop like droughts and famines and all this kind of stuff by just spraying stuff in the sky. But then... On the other hand, like nature's such a complex like system, and it's like, what are the second order and third order effects of this? Like, it's it's hard to quantify. So, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love it to just be simple, but hopefully, like you know, according to Vox, it's fine. So, we'll and, and for for chemical stuff as well, I think as as you mentioned, uh, with with uh, a lot of these uh, products that we've been seeing over the last uh, few decades, you know, things don't come out until much later, and. And then there's all of a sudden there's a news. Oh, if you use this product mm. in like 1960s. Sunscreen recently, like that was a big thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Like some sunscreens have like carcinogenic, you know, elements to it. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure which ones, but yeah, yeah that was a something um, I read a while ago. Yeah. And then also things like uh, uh, like baby baby powder, like talcum powders and stuff, like, like Johnson & Johnson, which is like one of the biggest uh, companies in the world. Mm. They um, stop producing or they're changing the certain ingredients on their own stuff. Then- also, there was like just recently about uh, like a urine sample taken of, of a certain U.S. Um, farmland, and people had like um, uh, like like something to do with with cancer as well, like potential mm. uh, poten- like markers. Yeah, biomarkers. markers that could could develop cancer down the line. So, so I I don't think it's completely baseless to question some of these things. But at the same time, we're surrounded by so many different products i think if you just worry about it all the time you, you lose your mind because yeah. you just don't know like yeah. the focus on this microphone like or the all these <laughs> laptops like all these lights and stuff you know you just don't know um well, to that do, detail just just walk around in a shielded suit <laughs> has my suit 24 7 <laughs> yeah and you'll be fine yeah. uh no but um and then the t- little tinfoil <laughs> <laughs> i think i heard about those they work um no but yeah no but it's interesting um so i was actually talking to my girlfriend the other day and uh she was talking about someone she knew that had a newborn baby and it had cancer. And it's wow. like, obviously that's the saddest thing in the world, but it's like, I've never heard of something like that. What is happening? So um, I did a little quick Google search while we we're talking about the, um, well, like having a look at the cancer rates among children, but I couldn't find any definitive yeah. data, but um, it seems to be increasing, but why that is, I have no idea. Diet, environment, products. Yeah. Tools, and there's a thing, you know? this is also, um, you know, there's a, a bit, different uh, area but uh, you know how how there's this whole rise in protein shakes and all that kind of stuff and then supplements um, intakes mm. for for bodybuilders or gym goers and things of the sort um there's there's this one running kind of commentary that you know there's uh, in in the next two three decades a lot of healthy young men will be just just falling down apparently uh, obviously this is not data-based or, or, or data-based yeah, what's, the th- what's the theory behind the, the theory thing? behind is a lot of these products may be unregulated to the point where uh it's it's safe uh because a lot of this isn't actually fda approved uh but people are still still taking it um and and at the same time it's like uh it doesn't have any effect now but then you don't know what's going to happen in 20 30 40 years but my point is it's the same thing with with everything Mm -hmm. right um especially 
we just don't know yeah, <laughs> what's going to yeah. happen and, and and i guess there's two ways to look at it you could go extremely cautious um and and that will really reduce mm-hmm. how you live your life mm-hmm. um to an extent we actually enjoy it yeah or you could uh, just not care about it at all and yeah. it's striking a balance and then there's the, the third the option or little well little <laughs> little part to this component where it's like you could just live your life and then you know things get more and more risky but then scientific technology and the medical industry catches up so we can fix everything yeah exactly <laughs> it's almost like not paying your student loans and then oh. somebody coming in and saying oh. you don't have to pay them yes um i actually had a big debate about this with my girlfriend as well um right. what do you think about the whole uh student loan forgiveness i think it's up to $20,000 worth of student loans biden administration announced that uh they'll be forgiving that for previous for certain for certain yeah. individuals who don't earn a certain amount yeah under 125k uh, i haven't done as much research but obviously i've been following the the story what do i think about like the whole idea mm. uh, uh it does present itself as unfair to people who would have paid their loans already mm-hmm. uh but at the same time if as an individual it's like um if somebody else is getting benefit out of it if it's helping the economy if it's helping the individuals uh, i'm all for it um it's just that i don't know enough about the decision and the the economic data or and the forecast that if it's going to help help everyone in general right, right. um if i'm just solely basing off my opinion that oh i've paid it why like i didn't get a break like that's a very selfish way to look at it um obviously it's quote unquote unfair mm. uh but then the world was never meant to be fair like yeah. the, the world has no uh ob- you know obligation to be fair fair to anyone in a lot of ways and in some ways this it, this decision is trying to balance things out maybe for individuals who might have you know they didn't get a job that was promised through or promised by quote unquote the society that if you go to university you're going to land yeah. the job straight away yeah. so i think you know it, it so yeah i i understand i agree with the fact that um well both sides of the argument that yeah. like you know for those people who have had that debt and now it's expunged so they're going to be like now i can live my life now i can like focus on other things and get my life going instead of like because i think they're quite predatory like you have like 8% interest rates and it's just crazy st- like the interest is criminal like the whole whole model of it yeah. is is uh, honestly it's it's i don't know how 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 did we get here honestly lobbying like oh, there's no oh, way oh, politicians are like we're going to do this cuz i think it's good for the country obviously no, there's something, no, yeah. something else going on there no but uh, apart from that i think i i also sympathize with the other side where it's like you know i you know there was some comments um on a on a post about this saying like i like me and my wife like we both had debt like we uh didn't change our car from like the 90s cuz we were saving money no holidays while all our friends who had debt were sipping lattes and everything and now they they it's all gone but um yeah on the other hand like you know maybe it would help the economy in a way where it's like people aren't starting from a negative like a lot of young people because that's like the next generation but then again like where's this money coming from like everyone's got the taxpayers are going to be paying for it again which is like <laughs> what what really is the net benefit here so yeah and i think that's the key word right what's the net benefit because you can't please everyone you can't uh there will always be a segment for any decision that will be unpleased uh, uh and especially for such a mass decision right mm. so i guess the the best way to look at it is is what's the net benefit because yeah i would have for example like uh, the example you mentioned that 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 couple was very cautious with the way they spend their money they struggled yada yada and their friends were drinking latte and, and and doing like you know going to trips and stuff didn't care and now they're just being forgiven for for that kind of stuff there is a portion of of those people for sure and again that's the unfair stuff but then there's also a portion of people like you said who basically were were doing what the society told them take that loan take do this degree and you'll land a job okay just just a small caveat there yeah. but it depends on the degree as well though like if Absolutely. if you're studying like um ballerina dance in ancient china you know it's not going to be a lot of jobs you know no so, no of course not but, but yeah uh, again that percentage again of mm. course would be would be a certain amount compared to a lot of others yeah, you know so yeah, yeah. so again like there will always be those those examples and those those exceptional examples mm-hmm. uh what is the net benefit which is why i said that if it it would feel unfair to me mm. uh but if i see that oh okay this is actually going to help the economy it'll mm. help others and the net there's actually a net positive out mm. of it 
I'll have to suck it up mm. uh, instead of uh, taking yeah, that selfish no, route. But that's, yeah, again, it, it does come back to this point yeah. of net net benefit. But then I, I'm thinking about this again. Like I haven't looked into like, you know, how this call could play out, but like what if this contributes to inflation again? So it's like. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> so, the point? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, these things, there's like different different levels of looking at it, like surface level, great, mm-hmm. nice and shiny, people's loans are forgiven, you go down a bit, then it's like, wait, taxpayers are going to be paying this. And then again, it's like, oh, wait, printing money. And it's like, oh, shit. So yeah. it's like, you know, so it's it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm not saying that's how it's going to be, but. There's always just, a just, question mark. Yeah, just just from from looking at it. So, yeah. Fair enough. Anything else you, you watched uh, over the week? Um, yes, there's cloud seeding. Um, oh, some stuff about the, uh, the um, Apple event and just like some leaks that have come out. Um, and yeah, apparently the iPhone 14 will be built in uh, India, like in a couple of months. So they're starting the manufacturing in China, mm. but then Apple has been having a lot of problems with uh, the lockdown. And I don't know what Xi Jinping is doing. Like, honestly, like these lockdowns have been going on for so long and some of the most economically um, uh, important, Flourishing, yeah, yeah, important yeah. areas in China and um, other companies are seeing this. It's like, we don't know when this is going to end. So they're kind of starting to like look at other places. So yeah, Apple, it, it seems, is going to start building the iPhone 14 in India, which is a big shift. Because I, I, I did a video about them looking at India a few years back. But then at that point, um, I think it was Tim Cook, he, he took a tour of the factories and stuff. And was like, this isn't, this isn't quite what we're after. So it looks like maybe they've been still eyeing that off and like training up the workers a bit more. So um it'll be interesting. That's kind of the, the major rumor we'll be seeing that was um, announced by Bloomberg, but we'll see if that comes to, to pass. So that will be very interesting, like no Mm. longer made in China. So that'll be uh, one of the world's biggest products. That's kind of crazy, you know, very big win for India as well, hopefully big win for India. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like if this works out, then other companies would be looking at that as well. Mm. So um, yeah, we'll see. That's one. What about um, yourself? What did you watch? Uh, from you, I watched a very interesting video, uh, which I think you would, sh- you should watch okay. as well. And it's about sleep. Oh yes. So it's a, it's a YouTube channel called What I've Learned. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it around, yeah. Uh, the, is that the drawn one? No, no, no. It's basically this, uh, well, he might've had drawn one before, but I've only been following him for like last year or so. Okay. Uh, but what he does is he takes on like these experiments on himself. He does like a uh, lend experiment and then he documents the whole thing. And it's things like, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I've seen the one on fasting, but yeah, okay. Right, exactly, yeah. the one on fasting. Uh, so he's done one on, one on sleep recently, which and, and the title of the video is like, do we really need eight hours of sleep? Uh, and he goes on to break a lot of the the myths that uh, are, 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 are like a lot of the statements that go around uh, around sleep that are, you need exactly seven to nine hours of sleep and, and how how <laughs> how certain uh, if you don't sleep enough, you'll have a shorter life and all that kind of stuff and how ancient tribes were, you know, like naturally we never used to stay up. It's the technology that's, that's been killing us. And then he starts off with that last statement about ancient tribes um, and if they actually had a good amount of sleep and 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 what turns out they they didn't because most of the time they'd actually have to be awake to you know fend off predators mm. um there were like some clippings of of current uh tribes who are you know uh who are still who still exist and and are detached from the modern world and and how do they go about their sleep right so when when came in when certain you know individuals came in contact with them they recorded and, and asked questions about sleep and daily routine and other stuff and about sleep they said oh we, we hardly ever sleep at night because we we're too too scared to kind of you know just just stay up because we don't know what's going to happen um and and turns out they they roughly get four to five hours of of good sleep um um at usually at, at night time right and some of these um there's also this other comment about that you could like you can't um make up sleep like sleep doesn't work like uh you know like sleep like deficit sleep deficit yeah, and yeah. then they make it up for it uh <laughs> down the line on the end of the weekend or something like that but apparently there are other tribes who do just that like they they do like you know uh, shift work over the night where somebody looks after and the other other person looks after and then they, they make up for the sleep and they're one of the healthiest tribes in the world apparently um so uh, he goes into those stuff and then he actually breaks down as to how that stuff relates to the modern world and and how in fact Sleeping nine hours could be worse than sleeping five hours as well. Yeah. So this I, is, sorry. Uh, no, 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 it's a, just a brief thing. Like um, I saw a, a chart. I'm not sure 
why I was looking this up, but it was like basically a chart of hours versus risk. Exactly. And it's kind of like it's like a U. So it's like, you know, 100%. there's an optimum and then it starts getting worse again. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like, a, it's called relative risk versus hours, hours slept or something like that. And uh, uh, I think that's the exact graph that he showed on, on that video as well. So very, very interesting. Um, he also goes to talk about bright light and, and things like that. And the contrast between how, you know, how we're told not to look at screens all too much but it's actually more dependent on the relative light mm. so the best thing that he found out is that if he sleep, go to, goes to sleep at 10 when he wakes up around 6 which is roughly 8 hours or so in bed not necessarily sleep that's a distinction um, he the first thing he does is just goes out um, from 6 to 8 so what it does is that the, for the rest of the day you have a relative light comparison bright light comparison so if you're staying indoors all day not, not getting any sunlight and you're only doing you know watching that's where your sleep will kind of mess up. So that's the natural stuff that you do need is even if it's cloudy and stuff, just go out for a walk first thing in the morning and that that regulates your relative light for the rest of the day. So things like that. Um, he talks about um, the timing of the sleep, the temperature of the room. Generally, if it's colder, it's better. Certain um, elements like magnesium and glycine that helps helps with your... I'll, I'll try the magnesium. Right. <laughs> but but, but yeah, yeah. it's just uh, like those are, those are yeah. the things that are in combination with, yeah, with things help with sleep quality. So he talks about sleep timing, sleep quality. And I find that fascinating because, you know... Uh, I personally have, have struggled with sleep every now and then. Um, I've I'm, I've always been a night owl, and I was always shamed for it. My my, my father used to be in the military, so he would like uh, he's the guy who wakes up at like five yeah. and does his thing. I'm the Same guy who wakes up. My dad is over. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so uh, and my family is actually uh, you know uh, mostly most of them are, are early risers. So. Uh, even my my wife, so so I get really shamed badly <laughs> for for going to bed late and right. and and uh, waking up late. But but things like that is I've I've always tried to understand sleep a bit more. And I yeah. guess you have issues with sleep as yeah, well. So this yeah. was a good video for me well, to watch. Yeah, definitely link that to me. Um, but uh, as you're talking, like you know, mainly about the light comparison, uh, it reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend a few years ago. Um, this is a theory, pretty crazy theory. But tell me if you think it makes sense. So. I'm especially sensitive to light. Mm -hmm. uh, so when, as soon as like there's a little bit of light coming in the room, I find it hard to sleep. Um, and, and this friend, she was as well. And then I was like, you know, what if it's that we're not sensitive to light, but we have thinner eyelids? Could be. Could be, right? Yeah. So I don't know what the point of that was, but it's just a theory. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's kind of like, it's crazy. Like if there's a little bit of light, I'm done. Like I, wow. I'm, I'm awake. So it's just... And they'll try to eye mask, but they get sweaty. It's uncomfortable. So it's like, a, you know. yeah, I think there's certain ways of again. Uh, this is a whole different factors, mm. uh, you know, like like variables and things of that sort that add up to it. So, just yeah, just it's a good video overall. Yeah, uh, link it to me for sure. Um, going into the next segment, we want to clear up some some comments from <laughs> the last <laughs> couple of podcasts. I'll start off with with some of the mm. some of the comments directed towards me though. Oh, in terms of me facing the camera. Uh, or, or the way that I don't face the camera enough, uh, because I tend to look at the go-go uh, a lot more than I do look at the camera and my just the way I'm positioned. Um, I don't know why there's so many comments about it. Like the latest ones, like which the other guy would engage with us better. He has his back on us and facing the other guy. I don't know which, <laughs> like my back. I don't know where he got. But I don't know which one's the other guy because he mentioned both as the other right. guy. So I don't know if you're the other guy or I'm the other guy. Well, I'm assuming it's me because there are other comments <laughs> about me not facing the camera. So I don't I'm th literally I think I'm the same, so I don't know. on the same angle as, as the table today. Yeah, tell so us if you think this is better, this is better or, or not. Um, so, so this is me addressing some of those. I guess address one of the things is how we are kind of shaping this podcast to be. Um, the last few episodes, we are talking about very general topics, not necessarily tech news, um, even though they are kind of related to somewhat of global news and some, some tech news here and there. But um, these aren't, I guess, latest tech updates news. And we were thinking maybe that's a route we we potentially might go. So what those listening in, those watching, what do you think? We'd love to know, I guess, your, your thoughts on, on us kind of reshaping the way we we do these podcasts and, and run this channel um, overall. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Let us know in the comment section below. That's right. Now, I also want to touch on another topic, um, which actually there will be a video on this, hopefully soon on the Cold Fusion channel, which is about Be Real, uh, the new anti-social media <laughs> platform. Um, I told users that, uh, also told listeners last week that I will be um, using it for a week and, and, and letting them know what's it like, how I feel. The problem is I never have enough storage on my phone. Huh. 
It's just always like every time I get real stuff, there's it's always eating up storage. Is it? So I didn't end up getting be real. I guess that's up to the bottom line. How many gigs is your phone? I think two fifty six. It's just videos and photos, and I, I don't you have a. Doesn't it sync to? I no, it doesn't. Okay. Should don't I you have a Pixel? I do. I've turned it off. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, that's that, is that the solution. Is that the solution then? Just to keep syncing? Um, yeah. Like, uh, well, for pixels, it works pretty well. So, okay. Yeah. Um, well, they don't have to do everything, but just but, like stuff you don't like, your older stuff, maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to look into that because ne- I never have like enough room to even download apps or run, run the latest yeah, But app. can you, like, the app can't be that big. Like, maybe just leave. It's, it's literally of- always like you, you're out of storage. So, I don't okay. know. Um, but we do have someone here who has used Burial and that's just brilliant. Uh-huh, so I'll, I'll uh-huh. bring Brayden in for this part. I think it's a fun idea um, being that it's so different, but I also don't think it's going to be something that lasts. Oh, really? You know I mean? Like I've seen friends play with it and it's, it's, it's fun. The idea of right now you've got to take a photo and you've got a two minute window or whatever it is. And that's, that's cool when you've got a group of mates that all kind of do the same thing. But if you don't have that group of mates it's less engaging. At least that's how it comes across, right? Because, I mean, yeah, you're taking a photo and posting it, but, like, when do people ever really want to post a random photo of themselves and what they're doing unless it's curated? Like, no one has that personal, you know, desire to do that unless it's for the sake of a group, right? Because right. then it's everyone communicating. So, so can you see strangers' stuff? I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, or, yeah, you, I mean, you follow people, right? Or you right. have, like, groups or whatever. But it's... um. Yeah, I, I guess if you were observing other people, that might be a different, you know, it's a different thing to using it yourself and giving that same, you know, randomness, I guess. Unless that was your intention from the start and you wanted to have this very transparent <laughs> approach to everything that and you did. And it's like did. front camera and back camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like, I mean, my friends would use it in very creative ways just like just like really chaotic moments you know what i mean and just yeah but like um yeah if you were just at a restaurant eating food like who cares yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you know or your grocery shopping yeah like, you know so, so i think what it might have a um interesting aspect to is maybe like people you really want to know what their lives are like maybe celebrities or like certain you know people that that some people might want to connect to and be like, oh, well, well, I wonder what their life is like, you know, instead of a, cu- a curated feed where, you know, like every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry would, would have like very random, random pictures. So mm-hmm. I think that's where the network effect falls apart. I think obviously um, it takes a, takes a, a leaf off um, uh, Beam, which was uh, Casey Neistat's uh app which was also kind of similar to like non-curated kind of ways where you just hold the hold the thing and you can't edit it you just mm-hmm. post uh, in itself um so i think this is kind of like an evolution of that idea of just being completely authentic um no curation and stuff and again i think uh, you're right it will probably fall fall apart from there yeah um if they maybe if they don't do anything about it like because there's always features they could add mm. and it could be a slippery slope into any other social media but like if they they play their cards right maybe um it could have some longevity to it because <clears throat> i've only just started looking into this and one of the articles i was looking at was um kind of talking about how it's quite big among um, generation z mm. so to me that kind of says like you know maybe the fact that it is a bit like boring is the is the is charm. the appeal of it um, because you know she was saying that like it was a group of friends that kind of introduced her to it and then other people just all of a sudden were starting to talk about it but it was always in the context of like me and my friends use this thing so um, I guess as Braden was saying like if you have a group of friends it can actually be funny or interesting mm-hmm. and maybe that's enough like Facebook used to do that that's not really there anymore Instagram's like Phew. so it's like there's no real place for that on that note though instagram is likely going to copy this feature very soon uh, but they've got too many they're like every social media every social media it. now in just, like in just one tiktok instagram like we're gonna start a wall soon and like, uh, and 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 be real uh soon as well and i think that's that's the thing i think when you're when you're a small social media company it's just, just so eaten, easy yeah. you'll, you'll get eaten up and and um and, and again i think i went back uh to instagram's identity last episode as well it's that they just look at the data 
if more people are looking at it, more people will be using it, they're likely going to keep it and, and steal it, right? So with the with the addition of the fact that you can monetize it as opposed yeah. to what you can do on Be Real. There's actually a comment on a, on that um, episode where people asked us to actually get on Be Real um, before it gets blown up. And, you know, uh, uh, well, I'll be downloading it. Okay, I know we've had <laughs> two attempts here, but yeah. I, I will be downloading it for the video, right? Because I'll have to look into it. So yeah, so a video of that is coming out on on Cold Fusion. So that's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, on on that note as well of of videos on Cold Fusion, uh, the latest one you did was about Netflix's uh, gaming mm-hmm. and how they're getting to the gaming side of things. Um, do you want to quickly talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so Netflix, as most people know, have been. You know that they've reached their peak and they're like just turning the corner now. Um, a few million subs, well, a million subscribers left last quarter, and then the quarter before that it was like two hundred fifty thousand left, and that's the first subscriber loss in like a decade. So I guess the people at the top are kind of thinking, how can we turn this around? How can we diversify? And one of the ways they thought about was um, entering the gaming space, and um, essentially they launched in November, I think it was, of twenty twenty one. Uh, a very quiet launch. They didn't announce it. They didn't really say anything about this gaming service. But essentially when you go on the mobile Netflix app and you scroll down, there's like a a list of like games that you can download and play. Um, There's some IP from Netflix, but there's some like reskinned and rebranded games. And um, that's essentially it. That's how they started their gaming process. But uh, in the video, I was kind of talking about how this could evolve and just some news that broke that they're looking into streaming. So there was some hires on um, LinkedIn and also uh, I think it was LinkedIn and another service like advertising for a Netflix person that could be good with uh, cloud gaming. <clears throat> so it hints at like, or there's a few of those job opportunities um, listed by Netflix. So it's kind of like they're looking into the uh, cloud gaming service area as well. So that's essentially the synopsis. Right. Um, it, it, like, Do you think that's a good move? From so on the service surface, I don't. I don't think it's really going to, you know, in its current current form, definitely not. It doesn't do anything for engagement uh, for the Netflix app because literally people can download that game. It's on the home screen. They can click on that and not have to touch the Netflix app again. But other than that, it's like, you know, you, you have Netflix, which is seen as like movies, like uh, TV shows, all this stuff, like consumable content that you watch. And then gaming is like quite adjacent. It's, you know, it's quite a bit, far away. So I don't really see how, unless they do like a massive push and make like triple a, like stranger things like titles or something, mm. how they can really get people on board and passionate about this. Cause right now some people are like, Oh yeah, there's some good games. Like, you know, I just play them and everything, but it's, that's about it. Mm. So um, I can kind of see what they're trying to do. They need to do something, but I think it's, it's such a big boulder to push up a hill to get this to, to really, know revitalize the brand so overall i'd say it's it might not work so so, so you're the netflix ceo now what what do you do with with netflix um I'd, I'd, there's a couple of things i could see netflix doing okay i'm the ceo so netflix, <laughs> the should CEO. Do, <laughs> netflix should do um so i think they should double down on like uh their original ip like obviously it's very capitally intensive hard but um that's that's what the core of netflix is essentially so um, cause they keep losing shows to Disney and everyone else, but it's like, you know, you've got to have something to something original to get people uh, watching again. So that's, that's the hard way. And slightly easier way would just be, um, uh, kind of licensing, I guess, uh, content from online creators. So like, I'm not plugging or anything, but like mm. a Nebula kind of deal mm. where you have like, you know, premium online creators that already have a massive audience and then you're paying this like reduced fee to watch all of these into one place with no ads kind of mm. um, That's an easier route. So either one of those two things, but I think their, their core business is content and they should just focus on that. That's what I, I think. I think the second part is, 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 is probably the way to go in, in a lot of ways is, is working with, with big massive creators online because they already have an existing audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they're trying that on a, on a different scale with, uh, I think Amazon's trying that a lot more. Which is, you know, they're they're working with a lot of sports teams and and individuals like like athletes, where they're making like documentaries or they're doing like documentaries of on on sport clubs and stuff like that. But you know, specifically football and stuff. And I think um, Netflix did that with F one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was the uh, Drive to Survive. 
Wasn't it Drive to Survive? I haven't seen that yet. Apparently, if you see it, you become an F1 fan <laughs> immediately. Um, that's what everyone's been telling me to do. And that's why uh, I haven't seen it yet because I don't need yet another additional uh, thing kind of consuming my life. Yeah. Uh, I do want to watch it at some point though. But uh, but things like that, I think um, is, is a creative way. And I think that underserved community is definitely the, uh, the, the internet content uh, culture. And I think... There's still some ego from uh, these, I guess, you know, filmmaking um, ex- executives because I, th- I think that there's some few, like tiers, right? You've got the traditional kinds who look down on Netflix and then, you know, the, the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. And then the streaming platforms who look down on like YouTubers and stuff like that. Um, but I think there's there's room to 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 work around, around these things. Um, but I, when they've tried it with creators, they haven't really... I don't know, achieved a lot. Like if you look at YouTube originals, it was kind of that idea of working with creators and originals never really took off. And it's just, and still a native kind of platform, isn't it? Like within the platform itself. And yet people weren't really paying premium to to access high polished content from, from creators. Well, I guess it's kind of like, were there any good documentaries and originals? Like that, the kind of stuff that originals was catering to was like, you know, real OG, not OG, but like, you know, 2015 YouTube, whatever's mm. big then, like it kind of seem, seems to me anyway. Actually, no, that's a lie. Marcus Brownlee had a pretty good series. I was going to say. Um, he, he had a pretty good one, but that, that was the rarity. Most mm. of the stuff was kind of, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> but, then, but, but, but then with, with, with Marcus as well, I think it's, it's a bit different because he already had a polished outlook in his, in his day-to-day channel. Like, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote beauty of YouTube that, has made it so successful is because of the amateur angle to it to an extent is that oh people can connect to it the, the creator themselves right i think i think mark is a little bit of a of an outlier in that sense because he's doing like 8k videos and he's doing like really polished mm. sharp clean stuff he came up with another channel by the way so autofocus yeah. i think it's called um crazy this guy's just just, just killing it yeah. <laughs> but overall i think um the the fact that that then gets translated to something even more polished or just as polished i don't think it really breaks people's expectations but then if you see pewdiepie and like a reality gaming mm. thing or logan paul and like and i think that's where that kind of thing falls apart because those were the biggest careers right and look at mr beast as well like he's pulling in views from all angles but still his video has that amateur feel to it. Imagine like a polished version of a Mr. Beast video. I think that's where it kind of yeah. will I fall think, apart. Uh, well, this is a, a bit of a side point, but I, I was watching, um, I don't know, it was just some creator that I'd never heard of before, but he did a video about uh, Mr. Beastification. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have it on my watch, watch later. Yeah, um, it's it's worth a watch. Maybe it was a bit harsh, but it's worth a watch. But um, the, he was at, towards the end, I think he was talking about um, what made YouTube great in terms of the amateurness. And then, was talking about uh, the Mr. Beast episode where he did the um, that Korean. Um, oh, Squid Game. Stuff. Yeah, Squid Game uh, thing. And it's like, you know, this is basically like TV again. And it's like, um, because of that, like, I'm not interested. Mm. I don't know if that's technically true, but it's like, you know, sometimes you want a bit of chaos and a bit of, you know, whatever in, in the, the content. But then like te- going back to Netflix, to have that kind of vibe on, on Netflix would that work? Mm. I'm not sure, and, and but to, as the CEO, like yeah. I, I'd say, I'd say we'd roll this out, you know, in a few regions and see how it works, and then you know put all the you know look at all the data and then say, hey, like that's where we've got to start focusing on. I don't know, but like something like that. If if you did it in a in a um, in a very conscious manner, mm-hmm. you could figure out the the formula of um, you know between that Netflix brand and the the um, online creator space. So. Yeah. So, so first thing as a CEO, just fix all that. And the second thing is make sure you change your nameplate on the door, which is the Dogo. <laughs> they, they mess it up, CEO of Netflix, the Dogo. So make sure, make sure you change that up as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a bit, I guess, uh, day-to-day news um, about Starlink. Oh. Uh, so Elon Musk just announced, uh, he just makes his way into this show. Like, man. We tried so hard to get we, We've tried so hard to not, to, <laughs> not have him, not out of spite or anything, but just, just so m- many news of him. Uh, but but he just announced that um, the upcoming second um, generation Starlink internet satellites include cellular antennas for connections with phones from the T-Mobile in the US and potentially other operators as well. And apparently Tesla cars, uh, the next generation would also be, be connected uh, or will be able to connect to Starlink. 
Um, okay. Very interesting news, I thought. Um, but I think just the whole concept of Starlink. I don't think we we touched about it uh, enough in this in this podcast. But um, it, it seems like it's 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 going to work when you compare it to the fact that you know Facebook tried it, they couldn't do it. Google tried it, they couldn't do it. But Starlink Starlink seems to be the 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 guys who can actually make internet for all all actually happen. I guess, you know, it's coming backwards from a rocket company into tech versus a tech company up into space exploration or rocket, you know, orbital stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've been hearing, I don't know, there's some complaints on Twitter that Starlink is starting to slow down. I don't know what that's about, like mm-hmm. as in the network speeds. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's great. Like, you know, you can be in a rural area and you can get your, your internet and if Tesla cars have it, then that's good too. <laughs> we have that much to say about it. But um, though this is, you know, off topic, did you hear about the, the Twitter leaks and all of that that was going down? Um, about the whistleblower? There was a whist- yeah, I, I saw the headline, but didn't really go into it. Okay. Do you have? Um, yeah, so there was, there was a whistleblower that was saying that, um, you know, basically Twitter was doing a lot of shady things, um, especially with security. So there was like major security. Okay. Um, he put it as in, uh, as, as, in the following, he was like, um, imagine if you had a plane and, um, you know, all the passengers and uh, the flight attendants had like access to the controls. So essentially there was like, um, yeah, 50% of the staff had like access to stuff that they shouldn't have. Like, like ter- so the security at Twitter was put, like quite terrible. Um, and also there was um, a lot of spam bots and spam issues. And apparently during the Elon Musk takeover, there was um, some efforts to hide that from the board. So, yeah, there's just a lot of shady stuff going on at Twitter, and uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't look too good. So, so what's um, like, like where do you think is actually gonna end up with like this whole Twitter Twitter fiasco? Um, I don't know. Like maybe the, the there might be a C, another CEO ousting, and then mm. get someone else in. But uh, Adam Newman, yeah, Adam Newman would be great. <laughs> Adam Newman would just be perfect. It's like, oh, let's just scam everyone. <laughs> it's like got to pay now and you get no service. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's really a matter of like it going anywhere. I don't think there's going to going to be any prosecution or anything for for an. Or maybe the SEC might get involved. But to me, it's just going to be one of these stories that kind of just fades, and people just have uh, a bit of a less bit less respect for Twitter as a company. I don't see much. Yeah, happening. and it's also the way I guess Elon Musk approached the whole thing um, when he compared it to to where it is right now. It's almost like. You know, just to, again going back to some some of t- typical Elon Musk's, uh, you know, pumping his, his chest and, and screaming at the top of his lungs, "Oh, town square!" You know, like like free speech and all that kind of stuff. And then the new you have, to, you have Twitter. There's this, you know, there's just nothing's happening. Yeah. It's like just more controversies and and just things rolling out of control. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, you know, the fact that Andrew Tate is banned. So so there's that. I don't know what he had to say about that. <laughs> Andrew Tate. Um, I thought we were going, going to bring him up on the show, but I guess here we are. Might as well. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay. So let, let's let's like solidify this down. So we have like you know an absolute absolutely hated, very controversial, and some views abhorrent figure. Um, should he have the right to stay on these social media platforms, or do you think it was okay for them in lockstep to kick him out? Uh, I think there are guidelines um, for for anything, um, and if you break those guidelines, you will face consequences. I think I think that's just what it is. When you're signing up to Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, um, you are signing up to the terms and conditions. And if their terms and conditions say that you can't uh, say nasty things about certain topics, or if you, for example, even um, start making threats to certain certain individuals or if you're just being aggressive or violent etc etc those things have consequences right and it's, it was the same thing with Andrew Tate. it doesn't matter who it is where they're from if you are being that much of a of a nuisance um you'll you'll face the consequence and i think that's what it's nothing in my head it's nothing to do with free speech or anything like that um, because obviously some of the the clips that i've seen some things can be taken out of context um but the way it was repeatedly being being tied to the character of of this this personality. Um, in this case, Andrew Tate was clear that 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 there is there's something that's that's you know majorly 
not in line with what you'd want in a society. So Okay. Um so let me play devil's advocate here. So say um this was the year 2014 and Andrew Tate was uh, Filthy Frank's second character mm-hmm. who just always played like an angry man who hated women or something like that. Um, do you think that if it was like a parody or something, like do you think that that changes things or do you think that it, what he said was what he said? Very good question because basically I tend to defend um, uh, jokes and, and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um Probably in 2014, it would have stayed. Mm-hmm. It would have stayed because today, even a parody of something like this does get people upset. Mm-hmm. And, and and I feel that it, uh, generally speaking, there's there's that that whole discourse that oh, like like why should we um, adhere to these these new policies and stuff like that? I, I feel it's just a reflection of the times, um, and times change. But, yeah. But, uh, okay. So again, devil's advocate, like. I think a problem with some of these rules is that they're quite nebulous. So it's like, you know, hate speech. Like, what does that mean exactly? And it's like, it's so, some can be quite nuanced. And I agree. And the thing about the Andrew Tate situation is why is it that like he was doing this all this time and then suddenly all the social media companies were like, oh shit, let's get him off. Like, you know, no, like, I think, I think uh, over the last month or so, like, I think from the point I first heard about him, to the point he got banned mm. was like month. a month, two months max. And I guess that was because of his uh, university university scam. stuff. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think it was a scam per se. But it was, a, know, it was, was an MLM. Video. It was an MLM. Was it for sure? Yeah. I think he just got a commission for people to, which I, for yeah, me like in my it, head it was, it was is kind like, of like you you make your money by recruiting others to go into this thing. So I think if like, you put it like that, that that that's how it is. But then when you, it's almost like a ref- referral system. So. So, for example, you you um, I don't know you have a subscription to a bubble tea company, mm. and then um, if you bring in more more people to the bubble tea shop, you get a commission off of that. I don't think that's a scam. It's not okay. That's not a scam, but that is kind of multi level marketing. Like- I, I would say the multi level marketing is when you keep pushing the money down to people, and the last one to buy basically loses the money. That's a, um, that's a Ponzi scheme. So that's different. All right. Okay. Yeah. So Ponzi scheme is like. You you have an investment, doesn't matter what it is, and then you use the, oh, the money. Scheme. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you use the money from previous investors to pay off the old invest. I mean, new investors to pay off the old investors instead of this investment thing that you have. So it's like, yeah, it's a uh, I wouldn't really call it a scam. In, okay. in that not not, it's not yeah. a scam, yeah. but I think I think it is actually MLM. Okay, uh, that's bad definition. But but to that point, just kind of going back to that idea that okay, like this guy was, um, uh, yeah, like like uh, lots of people were talking about it, and 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 there was like all these different channels and not official where we were uploading his, his content and stuff like that. Um, eventually um, caught up, uh, you know, um, with the, with the general populace and um, obviously social media companies got a, got, got in and, and decided to take it off. But uh, I think um, Philip DeFranco also covered the story and then he said, it's only going to make him more successful in the wider set of things because his crowd will see him as a victim and therefore, the, the university will be like, "Oh, here's a 3.0 version of the university. This is where everything, like, it's everything's free. You can talk about anything you want, and he's just gonna, kind of, you know, keep continuing doing what he does." And I don't know, man. Like, if this was part of his business plan or not, whatever it is, he's made a lot of money. So, it's oh like- yeah, for sure. And, and I think overall, it's just that yeah, you can stop. And I think that's where I kind of, uh, you know, look at private companies. It, it's up to them to decide who stays and, and who doesn't because you're signing up to the terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. But for people to completely take that idea off, I think that's a deeper, deeper issue. Like if somebody's being, being uh, just, just hating towards women or, or talking about them in, in, a, in a derogatory term, how do you combat that? I think that's, that's, that's the more deeper questions. Just getting people off of social media, I don't think is, is yeah. enough of a solution. A, yeah. Blunt hammer, I think. Yeah. Um, but this, we'll say this last. Oh, I'll say this. Mention this last thing, and then I'll uh, we'll wrap it up. But do you think it appears to me that there seems to be like a growing um, sentiment among some people that actually look up to, like I don't know if it's scam artists or um, whoever it is, just people that do bad things and get away with, you know, making a whole bunch of money. I think more people look up to that because I was watching, I was on Instagram, which is a rarity, but I was watching this vice little piece that they had 
And it was about this guy who steals jewelry from um, rich people. Mm -hmm. So essentially what he does is he goes on the Instagram, like has a fake profile of like himself as a like attractive woman. And is like, Oh, Hey, like I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, um, and then like gets talking to them. Like he says it can take anywhere from one day to about a week of talking. And then he goes to the same club that they're at. Cause they're always flashing their money and everything at the clubs they go to. And they say where they are. And then he just goes and robs them. And then, and then, so, so yeah. So, and then um, the, the, the person was like, so what do you have? So you're saying that these people deserve it. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then he's like, and the reporter's like, so what do you have to say to these people? And it's like, yeah, buy more Rolexes. And then, and then everyone in the comment section is like, yeah, good on him. Like, yeah, I think that's fair. Blah, blah, blah. Like there's not like one person saying this is wrong. So I feel that's kind of like a, well, um, I, obviously, that was the surprising comment section, but but I, I don't think this reflective for wider. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not saying this one video. I'm just saying that's an anecdote because, like, I don't know. Like, I've been see- I've been seeing it like in the comment section of some of the scam videos. I do. Like, you get ninety percent saying this is terrible, but then some people saying good on him, and then that's I've seen that a little more often. So uh, I don't know. I think it's this this idea of of um, corporate, like you know, um, the little guy versus. Yeah, I corporations guess or inequality like of inequality or, or something, and the whole idea of Robin Hood as well. I mean, not the company, yeah. but the but idea of but, of. but yeah, but this isn't so much stealing from the rich to give to the poor. This is just about getting your bag. Like <laughs> that's. <laughs> <it. laughs> oh, wait, sorry, stealing from the poor. No, yeah, the rich to get to the man. Yeah, no, I mean, and he's not distributing yeah. that wealth to yeah, the yeah, poor. Yeah, he's just yeah. giving it to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it, it is a bit concerning that a lot of people are thinking <laughs> in line with that. So yeah, well, I don't know if it's growing or not. Um, I guess there's always that section of of people who who are a bit uh, I don't want to say weird, but 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 cons- <laughs> concerning uh, you know, displays concerning behaviors um, that think that that's okay um, in general. But I think um, maybe they'll look at these individuals as as people who are by default corrupt. Um, they maybe they look at these individuals as like oh, just because like you know the whole idea of of influencers, how there's this negative connotation towards mm. um, this whole section of people who look at anybody who's I don't know like a like an attractive person and and then they're using that to to you know sell products on Instagram. Um, they look at that as as an inherently negative thing. Mm. And I've seen this thing like on, on social media, like, oh, for example, you know, very random story, but say an influencer dies off of cliff for taking a selfie or while they're taking a selfie. And the comments will be like, yep, you're stupid. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. Like, like no remorse or no empathy or nothing like that. Like, oh, you're stupid. Like you're an influencer. You have nothing good to add mm-hmm. to, to this world. Therefore, you, it doesn't matter. You deserve it kind of thing. And I've seen that kind of stuff often as well. So I think, there are certain sections of people who inherently think that like everything's black and white, right? Like, like if you are X or if you're Y, you are inherently a bad person and there's no shades of gray in you. And I think that's a, that's a sentiment I've seen seen quite a lot, just in different aspects. aspects. Uh, And I guess you saw one aspect of it in those uh, Instagram reels. I guess that that was, that was very interesting. I was like, everyone was like, yeah, this is great. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was in a balaclava and everything. It was like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, um, where'd you get that balaclava from? It's like it's just commenting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, I think that's about the end of this uh, conversation. Off the rails or brilliant? You tell us. We don't know. So, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll catch you again for the next episode. Cheers. Uh-huh.